It's your girl, Marisa, and you are listening to the Heard That with Marisa Tigney podcast. What's up, Heard That Nation? Y'all have asked, and you've asked, and you've asked, and it's finally open. The Heard That With Marisa online store at heardthatwithmarisa.com. I got the merch. Finally happened. Swaggy tees, amazing hats, other kinds of different merchandise that I got on there. Check it out today. Thank you for supporting your girl. Uh, Fill up a shopping bag with all kinds of stuff. Give away as gifts or keep it for yourself. All kinds of amazing swag and merchandise. Check it out today. Heard that with Marisa.com. I appreciate your support. One of the amazing things that I love to do with my time, I love working out and serving in the community. And through that time, I have met some amazing people and I have met some extraordinary kids. And the one thing, believe it or not, that kids love and ask for is books. Because many of them I found that they, they absolutely love reading, which is absolutely incredible. Um, I am so proud that I've met an incredible man uh, by the name of Trevor Romaine, and he is an author. He's an illustrator that has the most amazing, amazing literature for kids and for educators and for teachers, as well as parents. You have to check out his books. You have to check out his digital downloads. Uh, I'm, I'm a huge fan of it. If you go to TrevorRomain.com, uh, T-R-E-V-O-R-R-O-M-A-I-N, no E at the end.com. Check out all of his materials that he has, all his books, all his literature and digital downloads. You can save 15%. All heard that listeners. If you check it out, save 15% at the end of your checkout. Use the code heard that H-E-A-R-D-T-H-A-T and save 15%. You, I'm telling you what, it is some of the best materials out there that can help children and families become happier, healthier, and more confident. So use the code heard that save 15% off at trevorromaine.com today. What's up, Heard That Nation? Listening in the United States and around the world, you are now listening to the Heard That with Marisa Tigney podcast. If you're watching on YouTube right now, hit that subscribe button so you stay in the know of every future episode that will be happening on this channel. When I tell you the amount of amazingness that happened this past weekend, as sports fans, we are just absolutely so blessed. Let me tell you. Once in our lifetime, or many times in our lifetimes, we have gotten surprises. I'm not a big fan of them. There's been good surprises in my life. 
my husband now of 12, almost 12 years proposing to me. Uh, yeah, then uh, birthday surprises, birthday vacations. Uh, you may have gotten a surprise, those that are watching and those that are, are listening in your lifetime that were good. Uh, an old friend that you haven't seen in so many years shows up. Or you've gotten that surprise where it's like a surprise bill or uh, so surprise deduction in your bank account. Surprises can be a good thing. Surprise can be a bad thing. Uh, but, you know, depends on how much of an impact a surprise can be. This past weekend for college football and those that are fans of college football, there were a lot of surprises, a lot of shakeups in the college uh, rankings, and especially when the new top 25 came out. You always had your usual teams that will do well. Michigan did well. Georgia did well. Ohio State did well. Um, Clemson did well. You know, playing opponents that um, they were projected to, if not, you know, pretty much make it be a one-sided affair. And then you had Alabama, who was number one in the country, and every media expert that was on their platform or their show or their podcast or wherever or a guest on someone else's show had said that Texas would not make this a game, that Texas was going to get destroyed due to last year's Heisman Trophy winner, Bryce Young. And Alabama just continues to reload on talent up in the front, in the offense, defense, uh, special teams, wherever. Alabama has always been comfortable being that number one team and every media outlet has been comfortable singing its praises every single year. In the words of the great Lee Corso, not so fast. Texas played Alabama like they had nothing to lose and everything to gain. And unfortunately, the chips did not fall to Texas' favor because there was opportunities where it did not go in their favor. Unfortunately, they lost their quarterback. Their starting quarterback uh, got hurt with a clavicle injury. Uh, go be out for the next several weeks. So their backup quarterback had came in and did the best he could. And as you saw, he got, if you were watching the game, he was hurt as well. Around like the second or third quarter, he looked like he was limping around. But man, the effort that he gave, uh, keeping that team in it, I was I was quite impressed. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, how 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 much they just pretty much bullied Alabama all the way throughout this game. The amount of penalties really surprised me on how much that Alabama had picked up throughout the game too, because. The uh, I want to say, and I stopped counting at seven. I know there was way more than that, but if that if Alabama would get like seven penalties a season, let alone in a game where you had multiple penalties, uh, false starts or uh, PIs of that sort, I, I was I was really impressed by the way that just Texas stayed in it. And here's the thing: you can't underestimate Steve Sarkeesian because he's been in this game for a very long time. And that's why I was really surprised at the fact to hear, you know, the Stephen A. Smiths of the world and everyone else that had said that Texas was going to have a uh, no chance in this game. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian, if you look at his resume from the USC days and other places where he had coached at, he is a very good coach. And the team, this, this Texas team, whatever he was buying or having to have them buy into, they, they, were, they, were, they were buying into what he was selling. And with their starting quarterback going out early uh, due to an unfortunate hard tackle, Quinn Evers, and, and the backup coming in, uh, I want to say his name's Austin Hands. If, if, I don't want to uh, 
say that wrong and I'll, I'll look that up on my screen in a moment. Going in there and just, you know, doing the best he can with that tough Alabama front um, defense. You know, Texas should not have anything to hang their head about. I think that they're uh, going to have a pretty good season. Now, how much of a season uh, that there's gonna, they're going to have uh, and how long their starting QB is going to be out for it, it remains to be seen. But that was one of the games that was uh, very surprising to me uh, and how Texas made this be. Now, they almost pulled up the upset. One, one controversial call was when Bryce Young was tackled in the end zone, and that should have been a safety. But unfortunately, of course, the referees happened to find a penalty and said that it was uh, 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 roughing the passer, which if I, I and, and many had talked about that on, on Twitter, uh, uh, a lot of fans were very upset. A lot of Alabama fans, uh, not Alabama fans, Texas fans, a lot of people that weren't even Texas fans were upset about <laughs> this in, invisible roughing the passer call that the, the referees had made up that was non-reviewable. Um, that should have gave Texas a two-point lead at that moment because they were tied up for the longest time. I, I, I still am scratching my head to it uh, of how in the world that there was a roughing the passer call. I don't know. But, um, you know, kudos to Texas for making a game. And then you had Notre Dame, who was started the season at number eight. I'm sorry, number five. Played a very tough uh, Ohio State team. Ohio State found a way to win that at the shoe. And then going back home, playing their first home game, favored by a lot against Marshall. Marshall, the Thundering Herd, who was only beaten one top 10 opponent in school history. Now make it two with a 26-21 upset of number eight, Notre Dame. Um, this was by far the most confusing, uh, uncharacteristic. It, it snaps 42, uh, 42 game, uh, I believe a home game win streak of Notre Dame's that I, I know that the fan base is in shock uh, and disbelief. Uh, the head coach, he is 0-3. He got stepped back from when they lost in their, their bowl last season, lost at uh, Ohio State this season, and now a shocking upset to Marshall, and now they're off the top 25. This is a team that's going to have to find themselves and find themselves quickly to be um, to compete any, any type of, let alone to be considered for a bowl at the end of the season. Um, I, I, I was stunned by the way that they didn't come back and redeem themselves after, you know, a really tough loss in Columbus. And Marshall just went in there just like Texas and played like they had nothing to lose. And Marshall is sitting there at the Sun Belt at top, top of the, the leaderboard, 2-0. and uh, I'm surprised that they're not ranked, and they should be ranked. They should be at least a 24-25 seed um, uh, ranking. But, you know, they'll, they'll get theirs, definitely. I know that they'll move to 3-0 after they play their opponent this weekend. Um, very impressed by the way that they played. Um, me being a Michigan fan, and those that have heard me so many times on this show, Michigan, that, that tough loss, they'll never go away because it just repeats on every single special. It'll be brought up by the fine folks and alumni at Appalachian State, uh, the 2007 block kick loss of 38-35 um, there at the shoe. And 
now Texas A&M will be part of the, uh, the unfortunate reminder of being one of Texas, uh, Appalachian State's victims, if you will, of a loss, um, losing 17-14. Uh, and salty me when I saw the new rankings come out. Uh, I was quite surprised at the fact that they were still ranked. And people, and I had, you know, really good friends that had, you know, enlightened me, if you will, you know, it had something to do with Notre Dame, you know, falling from five to eight to then now eight to being unranked due to their loss to Marshall, that that, you know, their loss affected Texas A&M from falling out of the top 25. Listen, I'm a salty Susan, and I'm going to say this. In 2007, they had no problem dropping Michigan from five to unranked. So I don't understand how in the world still, and, you know, I've, again, people have explained it to me over and over again. Texas A&M should have met the same fate, and they should have went from number six in the country to unranked. But it is what it is, the power of the AP poll, right? Sometimes you like them, sometimes you don't. Uh, because, you know, looking at this right here, Georgia moves up to number one. Alabama with a struggle of Texas only moved down to one spot. I disagree with that. When you had Ohio State, who sits at three, Michigan sits at four, and Clemson, who sits at five, had considerable blowouts in their game. A couple of these teams met the spread. Michigan fell short of spread by 10 points, rejected at 51 and a half. Um, you know, then you had your teams, the biggest jump of the, of the poll was Kentucky. They moved from number 20 all the way up to number nine, deservedly so, uh, with their huge win. And then uh, Arkansas finds themselves in the top 10, moving up six spots. Uh, I just don't, I just don't believe that Texas A&M should be in the top 25 whatsoever. I mean, they had the biggest fall. They only fell 18 spots to number 24. Again, Marshall 2-0. and They should be at at least 23, 22, 23, 24-ish, uh, right around there. Uh, they, should, they should be in the poll and getting us some respect. Hopefully that will change coming up after their, I believe that they'll win. They have this, such momentum on their side, especially with this huge win, the second of the school career, of the, 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 youth, the colleges, the football team's career in the top 10. Uh, so, you know, congratulations to them. And there's Wisconsin playing uncharacteristic against Washington State. Like that, that was really surprising to me how uh, Washington State just played uh, brilliantly. Now both other teams, it was a low scoring affair and both of the teams did uh, everything they can. Both offenses were slightly struggling. Defense was holding both teams the best as possible they can. But um, I just, it was just surprising to see on my end that, you know, and great for me to have multiple TVs when you can catch all these games and try to catch all of them. Uh, Wisconsin struggling against uh, Washington State. But, you know, I look at this top 25 poll and some of the spots I agree with and some of them I don't. But not the big one to me still, and I know I'll get emails sent to me and everything else for me to get over it, blah, blah, blah. It is what it is. Notre Dame didn't do what they were supposed to do and everything else. Listen, when you lose to Appalachian State, and Appalachian State is one of those teams that is so doggone dangerous. They are, they are dangerous. They, 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 they'll play in their conference and they'll play out of their mind or they'll play one of these Division I schools and just don't care. Either they're like, listen, we got, a, they, they have this mentality of we have an opportunity to do something epic. And they did. They absolutely did when it came to the Texas A&M. So uh, kudos to them. They're a dangerous team. They should not be taken lightly. 
And I mean, it's a surprise to many. These unranked teams are playing like they have nothing to lose. And that's the beauty and, and, the, and the downfall, especially if they're playing your team. And, the, and you, hear, you, you will hear the ridicule for weeks, for months, for years to come if you have an unranked team that just comes into your territory, you go to theirs, and they put, they, you know, they take you to the woodshed. And that's what, you know, college football is all about. So uh, the comments were just <laughs> absolutely amazing. And this is what the show is all about. Sport fans, vibe fans of, uh, you know, sports movies, entertainment, and trending topics that be happening. And this was one of the trending topics was this top 25 shakeup that happened. So you got to love going into week three. What else can happen? Because no, I will say this, not anybody. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, your regular ones that are, always in the top five, the ones that I had named. Any of these teams can go and knock them off of their pedestal real quick. We almost saw that again from Texas and Alabama and Texas doing what they do with a backup quarterback. Uh, they just didn't complete some of the passes and they let Bryce Young, Heisman Trophy winner from last year, do what he did, do, do, it, do what he does very well, carry the team on his back and carry them to victory in the fourth quarter. So, and then another surprise to me was this past weekend, again, you know, grateful to have so many televisions that I do, uh, UFC 279, Uncle Dana had to go in and basically change the card around because Kazmat Shimovev didn't make weight, seven and a half pounds overweight when he was supposed to fight the main card, which was Nate Diaz. Um, I was looking forward to that just for the sheer fact that was Diaz going to win it? Probably not you know, because Kazmat is just a whole different caliber of incredible talent. Hate him, like him, whatever. He's good. You got to admit it. Um, but he's seven and a half pounds overweight. Didn't happen. Uncle Dana had to come in, switch the card up. So it ended up being the main card was Tony Ferguson and Nate Diaz, who finally got the fight. Should have been a fight that should have happened a long time ago, but it didn't. And then you had Shimovev versus Kevin Holland. And Kevin Holland, uh, several months ago after his victory, and I can't recall which UFC uh, one it was, he wanted Shimovev. And uh, he, he, there was a scuffle that happened. Those that were watching the press conference that didn't happen because Kevin Holland's people, Shimovev's people got into a scuffle and then it ended up not happening back there. So the fight that Kevin Holland brought to fruition ended up happening because of a technicality uh, on Shimovev's part because of the, he didn't make weight. And so you had that there. And here's the thing that would that disappointed me about Kevin Holland is that you already tapped gloves with uh, Shimovev already. You, you tapped gloves. So why would you try to, after they say, go fight, try to do it again? He was already in attack mode. And two minutes and 15 seconds later in the first round, you tapped out. He was quick. He was fast. He was tactical. He knew exactly what he needed to do. And he proved it. And he moved to 12 and 0. Um, and we'll see what Dana White does as far as um, a, a belt opportunity for Kazmat Shimovev. Getting his kid, he stay weight and stick weight where he's going to be at. You know, I was just a lot of disappointment of him not fighting Nate Diaz. But you know what? Seeing Nate Diaz and Tony Ferguson uh, go at it, it, it was absolutely uh, a spectacle to see. You got two legends, late 30s. Um, making it happen, quite entertaining. 
uh, at times where Nate Diaz was stopping and resting up against the, the gate and then, you know, having his hands on his knees and everything else. Uh, but he ended up getting the win, uh, taking down Ferguson, I think we'll say the third, third or the fourth round uh, and going out on top, you know, and whatever chapter lies next for Nate Diaz. It, it, it was good to see him get that W. Um, yeah, just a, the surprise on us was the, the card and how it was, but I think it worked out to the favor of the UFC fans and who we wanted to see and everything. So 275, 279 in Las Vegas was not a total loss. I actually enjoyed it. Um, it did take literally all night to get to the fight itself. Uh, but, you know, a couple of cups of coffee and me still recovering from my trip in Vegas, which will be a future episode uh, to tell you about my trip to Vegas, which was absolutely incredible, uh, was worth it. Don't you go anywhere. The Heard That with Marisa Tigney podcast will be right back after a brief pause to hear from our sponsor. One of the amazing things that I love to do with my time, I love working out and serving in the community. And through that time, I have met some amazing people and I have met some extraordinary kids. And the one thing, believe it or not, that kids love and ask for is books. Because many of them I found that they, they absolutely love reading, which is absolutely incredible. Um, I am so proud that I've met an incredible man uh, by the name of Trevor Romaine. And he is an author. He's an illustrator that has the most amazing, amazing literature for kids and for educators and for teachers, as well as parents. You have to check out his books. You have to check out his digital downloads. Uh, I'm, I'm a huge fan of it. If you go to TrevorRomaine.com, uh, T-R-E-V-O-R-R-O-M-A-I-N, no E at the end.com. Check out all of his materials that he has, all his books, all his literature and digital downloads. You can save 15%. All heard that listeners, if you check it out, save 15% at the end of your checkout. Use the code HEARDTHAT, H-E-A-R-D-T-H-A-T, and save 15%. You, I'm telling you what, it is some of the best materials out there that can help children and families become happier, healthier, and more confident. So use the code heard that save 15% off at trevorromaine.com today. And welcome back to the heard that with Marisa Tigney podcast. And then out the box, out the box, NFL week one did not disappoint. Uh, yes, my lions did lose, but you know what? My lions in the fourth quarter uh, made it quite entertaining against uh, the Eagles. So, you know what? I'm looking forward to some improvements, um, a sold out Ford field, which is a very rarity to see, especially the years of turmoil and L's that we have been taking over and over again. It was good to see the fans back every seat filled. Um, it was good to see it on the, this girl's end on TV televised. Um, and, you know, me losing my absolute mind on silly plays, on ridiculous plays. We scoring first, couldn't do anything with the ball at times. Um, the fourth quarter being one of the best quarters I've ever seen, unfortunately, falling short. Uh, but I, I'm optimistic. Am I sipping that Honolulu Blue Kool-Aid? Nah. I mean, I, 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 I'm week by week. We're, we're going to see how this goes and, and, and how this makes this happen. So that was a surprise to me. I, partly surprised because it's just like, okay, wash, rinse, repeat. What are these lines going to do and disappoint me again? But the fourth quarter showed some promise, um, of some grit, 
if you watch been you've been watching Hard Knocks, which was an absolute great series featuring the Detroit Lions uh, on HBO Max. You can rewatch all the episodes uh, on, on there. Um, I, I'm 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 diving into the grit. I'm on the grit train, and hopefully uh, they clean up some things on defense. Offense plays a little bit better, and um, we're not going to do. Uh, what is it that, that I was upset about that he did an onside kick early in the game, why that happens. Uh, I, I don't understand coach's logic as far as that, but, um, you know, I, I'll take what I saw and hopefully that rolls into our, you know, when we play the commanders at home, uh, bills and Rams out the box that that was such a great game. And I did not expect Buffalo to bully around the Rams like that. Um, you know, the glare of the Super Bowl that they won and the celebration of all of that, the reality is it's a brand new season and Buffalo is, is going to be that team that people need to keep in their eye on and they need to talk about how much that this team is going to be talked about and needs to be talked about and needs to be respected uh, this whole entire season. I, I got them as a pick going into the postseason, possibly the Super Bowl. Uh, I, I just, from what I saw, I was just so impressed with, with Josh Allen and, and, and Stefan Diggs and this entire team. Like they just came in with a huge chip on their shoulder and just basically out the box was just like, we shall be respected. And to go to SoFi Stadium, and to just bully around the Matthew Stafford and the Rams. Absolutely incredible. They got my respect early on. Cowboys, unfortunately, are without Dak Prescott for six to eight weeks uh, with a bruised right hand. He had surgery on it the other day. And uh, they Cooper Rush, it's Cooper Rush time for them for the next six to eight weeks. Jerry Jones was on several talk shows saying possibly he'll be back right around the time they're supposed to play. Um, the I think it was the Green Bay Packers. Uh, right around uh, week number eight or nine, because week seven they play uh, at home against the Detroit Lions. Um, Tom Brady, 45 years old. What can this man not do? <laughs> what can he not do? Uh, 19 to three was the final score, but then, I mean, it was, this man just seems to amaze me. You know, you think that he's riding off into the sunset and done with football, and we're waiting for him to you know, obviously be in the Hall of Fame, first ballot, automatic, done deal. It's a wrap. He comes back and announces he's going to come back. And then 45 years old, he turned several weeks ago and just continues to just amaze and blow our minds. Um, it did Bucks just basically dominated the Cowboys. And I think the surprise to me was a domination. It was just so one-sided and the opportunities that the Cowboys could have had, uh, it just didn't happen for them. And they, you know, stuck at three points. Um, Vikings Packers, uh, as a person that cannot stand the green Bay Packers, I was quite happy to see them take this L and they now have the same record as my Detroit lions shocker, shocker after week one, but the, the Justin Jefferson just was so good in this game. Um, you could see the whole entire shift of this, my, uh, Minnesota Vikings team, uh, that I think that I had project, I had projected early on that they was going to win the division. Um, this is, the, I mean, new coach, new mindset, new mentality. Kirk Cousins looked good, 277, 277 yards, I believe he had during the game. Um, people were already trying to chase Kirk Cousins out the door the last several years, 
And again, whatever is happening in these practices and locker room talk and everything else, um, my, Minnesota Vikings is going to be one of those teams that's going to be quite dangerous themselves. Uh, so they're going to be a fun watch to see. And then Monday, um, Russell Wilson playing the Bron or from the Broncos. Now he's on his new team with the, the Denver Broncos playing his old team, the Seattle Seahawks. And the second coming of Geno Smith. Um, he, you know, what? I was, I was impressed with Geno Smith. I, I was, I was quite impressed. Low scoring. Um, I, I, you know, 17 to 16, there was many opportunities that I thought the Broncos should have had, like just basically won this by at least 10 points or two touchdowns. Um, I did not understand the last play of the game where we leave it in the hands of a kicker. Now, listen, Russell, you got the whole entire bag thrown to you, if not once, but twice. Uh, $284 million. I mean, fourth and five, I would expect you to go for it and have the ability in your multi-million dollar hands to make a play where you can get at least your kicker closer. If not, go for it to the end zone. 64 yarder, leave it in the hands of a kicker that 90% is possibly not going to make this kick, which you end up not making the kick because um, it went uh, wide, well, I want to say wide right. I mean, I, you just threw out um, and, and losing the ball right at the one yard line, one to two yard line, not once, but twice fumbles. Uh, it was just like, not meant to be, uh, and you know, Seattle Seahawks, see the realized fans, come on, that's your guy that got you a title and y'all booing him, everything else. Listen, he got traded. You can't get salty about it. You can't get upset about it. Uh, it's the, it's the art of the business. And he, he took the high road at the end of the, the, at the game and the end of the post-conference and said, you know, it's sports. It happens. One day they love you. The next day they hate you. It just happens. But he's going to, he said, he's going to keep grinding, keep pressing and, you know, continue to improve as well as the uh, Denver Broncos team. Cause they're a team that, uh, you know, can do some things in, in their division and make things happen. Uh, so Seattle got to win Geno Smith to see how, how well he will be. You know, he's got to move on to the, to the next, you know, celebrate it and prove the reason that, uh, Pete Carroll sat on him for so long. I mean, obviously it was because you had Russell Wilson sitting there uh, as your starter, uh, but now it's Geno Smith's time to shine. And so hopefully yeah, he'll do well, uh, do well for the, the Seahawks and continue to evolve. Um, sad thing about Baker Mayfield going and playing his former team. I know he wanted that W real bad and pretty much wanted to prove to the Browns that they made a mistake. Uh, by sticking with Deshaun Watson, who obviously is not playing because he's serving a suspension right now for uh, the misconduct and uh, uh, the things that happened uh, with him. I believe the nine, nine, nine or 10 game suspension that he's serving right now uh, through the NFL. And uh, he really wanted to go in there and wanted to prove against his former team that, you know what, you made a mistake. You, you didn't trust me. You got rid of me. I'm now going to come in here and I'm going to dominate uh, with the Carolina Panthers, same character, uncharacteristic mistakes that Baker has been known for when he was with the, the Cleveland Browns did rear his ugly head. There was times that the Baker that we've seen uh, make the Cleveland Browns when they were in the postseason uh, did happen with the complete passes and then taking it upon himself to, and, and, and the speed, the speed of, you know, Baker, Baker Mayfield, everything else. But you know, you had those pockets of moments where he was making wrong choices and throwing interceptions and, you know, not making complete passes and everything else. And so um, it was unfortunate that the kicker could, you know, 
pretty much just shut the door on them getting that win and, you know, him getting that sweet revenge uh, against his former team. So um, just so much going on in week one, and we're just beginning in the NFL, and I'm so excited to, and looking forward to what's going to be happening and who's going to be that contender team and who's going to be that one that's going to rise from the – be that phoenix that rises from the ashes and then who's going to be that one that everybody uh, was so comfortable talking about and them not doing very well during the season. I mean, I'm keeping my eye on the Green Bay Packers and, you know, seeing how for real they are. And yes, sticking with my guys, sticking with the Lions. And, um, you know, hopefully they get more than two to three wins uh, and see how evolve and continue to improvement, uh, the, the, to improve week after week. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to it as, as, as the weeks go on. So we don't have any nighttime games. It's all noon games. Uh, one o'clock Eastern Standard Time, noon here in Central Standard Time. So, uh, and looking forward to seeing more and more of them on television and me continuing to lose my mind and lose my voice <laughs> as I cheer my team on. So, one pride forever for me. The Emmys were on the other night, and I got a shout out before I end this show. Um, I have to, I have to give all the flowers to the incredible Cheryl Lee Ralph. She's been in this business for over 40 years. I remember seeing her, obviously she uh, played Moesha Stepan. Brandy was the lead character, if you were fans of Moesha. Uh, she was Lauren Hill's mother in Sister Act 2, Back in the Habit. Uh, she's the original dream girl uh, that was on Broadway. Cheryl Lee Ralph ages backwards. I, I don't know how in the world, uh, the woman doesn't age. I mean, she's in her 60s and looks absolutely stunning. Took home her first Emmy Award, first time nominated, and then took home her first Emmy for playing uh, Best Supporting Actress in Abbott Elementary that I just started. Thank you thank you for the recommend. All those in the Heard That Nation land um, and told me to check out that show. This show is absolutely, absolutely uh, incredible, written by the brilliant Quinta Brunson who won for uh, best writing um, as well. To see her name get called and the reaction, and you have to see the reaction, absolutely beautiful, in shock, stunned, sitting by her husband, the cast of Abbott Elementary, she just sat there, everyone standing up, applauding her. A um, Couple of the co-stars had to help her get up because she was in that much state of shock. I cried like a baby. And I know that everybody that has been following this woman's career cried like a baby that finally, finally, she's getting her just due. And to see her just gracefully move up the steps, still in the state of shock, continually to walk towards uh, Amy Poehler who had the award in her, in her hands and just handed it to her. And to see everybody stand up and give her a round of applause. Uh, it, I, I know I, I'm getting emotional again because it was just a, a, an incredible, beautiful moment. Um, one that I, I think just took over the whole entire Emmys night. And it was early in the night when she won this award. Uh, she's the second black woman to win a supporting actress comedy series. The first was Jack A. Harry for 227 in 1987. 
she sang a verse from Diane Reeves Endangered Species that made me even ball harder. Um, and then to quote what she said, and I say this to, and I felt it, I felt every single word that she had said, because I'm a person that's a podcaster, I'm a dreamer, I have dreams that I want to accomplish and achieve with this show and what I want to do with my career. And I want to say this to everybody else as I end this show, and this is what she said, and quote, to anyone who has ever, ever had a dream and thought your dream wasn't, wouldn't, couldn't come true, I am here to tell you that this is what believing looks like. This is what striking looks like. And don't you ever, ever give up on you. And then she goes on to thank people that were in her corner. She said, because if you get a Quinta Brunson, who is the writer of the show, in your corner, if you get a husband like mine in your corner, if you get children like mine in your corner, if you follow Ivy Coco and her son Eaton and they were on IG Live and on our video. And when her name was announced, you've got to check out their video of them just absolutely losing it and cheering for her like crazy uh, when her name was announced in, in my corner. If you got friends like everybody who voted for me, cheered for me, loved me, thank you, thank you, thank you. Ugh. I, I ask you, heard that nation, just to pull that up and just see how beautiful she looked, how glorious she looked, how shocked she looked, how stunning she looked, and how it was finally, after over 40 years in this business, it was her time. So Cheryl Lee Ralph, I don't know if you will ever listen to this podcast, but thank you. Thank you to the dreamers like myself. Thank you to those that have been following your career, that have been rooting you on like myself, and those that were listening and watching this episode, and those that have been listening and watching your, your career just catapult and take off because you are what big dreams are, and you are what believing is and what it does look like. And so I'm so happy for you that you finally got your flowers and it just goes and gets better from there for you, my dear sister. Congratulations. Uh, and I thank every single one of you all for watching this and for listening to this podcast. And as I always end the show, take care, stay safe. I'm out of here. Be in the know of new episodes that are coming up on the podcast at heardthatwithmarisa.com. I'm also available on Instagram at Marisa Tigney Podcast, on Twitter at Lovely Marisa T, as well as Facebook on a social media page, Heard That With Marisa Tigney. I appreciate your continued support.